photographers keeping it real photographers keeping it real it's the podcast we've done this before we practice but we're still none the wiser so we apologize if it's shizer oops i meant to say not very Hello, welcome to the Photographers Keeping It Real podcast. I'm Andy Hudson and this is Steve Grogan. Hello there. Well, that was an interesting jingle. Um, Are we actually speaking in, in, in various different languages today? Do we need a young priest and an old priest? Uh, no, I'm not possessed. Don't worry. Uh, that was my best attempt at speaking in German. Uh, sorry, singing in German, I should say, but I'm not entirely sure I pulled it off. Well, I think it was done for a reason, wasn't it? And that was to make our very special guest today feel at home. Yep, uh, probably didn't work because it probably was really bad, but um, we'll, we'll reveal who, who our special guest is very shortly. Um, we'll ask him just how badly I did at my German singing in a second. But before all that, we just want to give a quick shout out to our podcast partners, QT Albums. Um, if you haven't already checked out their amazing albums, please visit qtalbums.com and take a look. Yep, and we also have a new partner, which we're very, very excited to reveal. Um, a company called Wex Rental. I'm sure you've all heard of Wex. Um, camera, you know, sales, etc. But they also have a rental department, and I've been renting lenses from them for two to three years now, and they've been excellent. My local branch in Manchester have been fantastic, but they do have branches nationwide, and they've very kindly given us a great discount code. Which, if you head over to our website, photographerskeepingitreal.com, and check out my review of the Sigma 20mm lens, you'll find it in there. So uh, make yeah. sure you make use of that. Very good review as well. Um, I was very excited to see some of your dance floor shots and see how you use the Sigma 20mm. But I have to admit that I'm probably not going to rent the uh, 20mm myself. I'm kind of hoping to rock up at a wedding with a Hasselblad at some point. <laughs> just, just to make myself like look really cool. Hey, I know Emma very well who, who works in the Manchester branch and she will probably happily let us use it if we, if we let you use a Hasselblad if you really wanted one. But... Um, I'm not sure it's, it's quite right gear for a, for a fast-paced wedding. No, I'm, I mean I'm, I'm I've got my eye on something um, okay. the, that I'm going to look at using at my next wedding at the end of this month, which is the the Pro Photo A1 flash. Oh, very nice. It looks um, very very special indeed. So I'm going to be uh, having a go of that and doing a review for the website. So keep your eyes peeled for that one. Awesome, sounds good. Anyway, shall we uh, introduce our special guest for this episode? Ah, yeah. Okay, so. Joining us all the way from over in Germany, it's the wonderfully talented Stephen Hirschaft. Hello, Stephen. Hey, guys. Hi, Stephen. How's it going? I'm fine. Did I pronounce your name correctly there? It's Herrschaft. Herrschaft. Yeah, you you do very good with that. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Welcome. Thanks for joining us. We're very excited to have you. It's so awesome being here, and uh, I really enjoyed the first three episodes of the podcast, so it's super great being on the fourth one. Excellent. So we, we know now at least one person who listened to it. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yes. international. We've got listeners in Germany. Yeah, it's good. And yeah. did, did you know, um, Stephen, that if you press um, 
Command S on your keyboard when you listen to the podcast, it brings up subtitles. Command S. Yeah, I'm joking, it doesn't. I'm just waiting. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I can't believe you fell for that. I fucking tried this. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to beat that one out. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's well, um, Stephen just managed to sneak in at the last minute as well for our free three months uh, membership trial on Photographers Keeping It Real, um, which has now ended, but we've got over 100 people signed up to the members area, and we've been um, really blown away by the support that we've received um, with this from everybody, so thank you very much to everyone who signed up for either trial membership or a full membership, and um, obviously if you do still want to sign up, please head over to the um, website and click on join us and go through everything and you be can become a member of the uh, photographers keeping it real crew woo yeah it's been amazing the um, the response we've had so many talented photographers uh, from all over the world um as members and steven is definitely one of our favorites he's been posting in the group um, in the facebook group quite regularly and become a, a very well liked and respected member of the community with some of his his great images and we're we're excited to see what what photographs that you you enter in the spring awards steven which are actually now open to members I mean, first of all, I'm super happy being part of all this and I love how everything developed from the group to the awards and now you can be a member of, of your website and uh, it's a super cool project and I'm happy to follow what all of this will lead to. And uh, yes, I will definitely be sending in uh, my images for the Spring Awards. Of Yay. course I will do. Because you won two in the last one, didn't you? I did. I did. Very and good. I'm super happy with them. Well, we, we were very happy to have you enter them as well because your your images are definitely a little bit on the edge, sort of a little bit left field. So we'll we'll be talking about that in a little uh, little while as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, if you go to the photographerskeepingitreal dot com uh, website, click join us, become a member, and you can enter into the awards. Yep, and membership gives you free entry into the awards for a whole year. Plus, there's a few extra benefits there as well, and a huge one which um, we hope to be announcing very very soon. So keep your eyes and ears peeled and open for that one. Um, but speaking of announcements, um, and any news on on the arrival of Baby? Is she here yet? She's not. Uh, my wife is due to give birth any day now. In fact, was having contractions for most of yesterday, but they've gone away. Um, so yeah, it's. Uh, I feel a little bit sort of um, not completely with it at the moment like my mind is slightly elsewhere and I haven't sort of been sort of working like usual so I'm a little bit sort of race trying to get into the the flow of things with the podcast but I am committed to this podcast and if Gaia my wife goes into labor I'll be taking all this equipment with me to the uh, to the birthing suite and we'll have a live podcast of the birth yes <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds great I mean I've heard of birth photography but I've, I've seen quite a few images on the internet of people having their birth photograph and i can understand that but i'm not i'm not quite sure how the hot the audio will, will go will go down maybe gaia screaming with with pain um baby cries would not be the best thing uh, i don't think that's something that we should we should we should look to the future for yeah i think i think it's a fair point to be honest with you so uh maybe if that happens we'll just cut the podcast short um that's probably not fair something point. anyone wants to hear yeah uh but speaking of uh young people uh steven you're making me and steve feel pretty old today especially steve because he's like really old um, <laughs> 20 years old is that right yes i am and it's super funny because I'm always the young kid when talking about wedding photography. All of my colleagues are way older. Yeah. Um, but 
in fact, this year starts my fifth season as a wedding photographer, so I'm not that inexperienced anymore. I think I'm definitely not uh, one of the most inexperienced guys anymore. That's amazing. So you, you probably photographed your first wedding at, what, 15, 16? 16 years. Wow, I mean, I could barely tie my own shoelaces at 16. Uh, I, I, I'm gobsmacked, really. I mean, to be making so many waves in the industry already with over 80 awards, both nationally and internationally, it's... Is that is that correct, Stephen? That, that many awards already? Yeah, it's, it's 89 at the moment. Oh, not, not that you're counting. <laughs> well... <laughs> Should, when you get to when you get to a hundred, you should have like a, like a beer festival to celebrate or something. Um, you're invited. You're the first one invited. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> I'd be there. <laughs> yeah, I, I I like those awards in a way, and um, I always like challenging other people around me. I, I like being compared to other photographers, and um, I like to see how, how other people judge my images. For me, it's it's a way of getting better to coming back to my images, criticizing myself, and um, that I have to choose what I want to send in. Awards are, for me, about being the hardest judge to myself before I even send my image for the actual competition. And I mean, so far, um, I'm quite good with that, I think. Um, yeah, you've obviously uh, um, selected your image as well because you've, you've won so many awards, so I think, uh, right. I think you've done something right. right. Yeah, and it's um, it's not just photography you've been pretty successful with too, I believe. Um, I understand looking at your Wikipedia page. Uh, no, you don't have a Wikipedia page, I don't think. <laughs> I set one up um, for you. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> yeah. um, but I understand that you were a, a state champion swimmer and in the top 30 for your country at a very young age. I was, I was, I was. Um, by the age of about 16. I, um, well, I, I joined my first swimming club by the age of eight. And um, I always, I grew up as a swimmer, as a swimmer boy, and everyone knew me for that. And uh, it was quite cool. I, I loved that as a hobby. And I always had that naive dream of being a professional swimmer one day. But to be honest, in Germany, you can't do swimming for a living. And things ended up being a bit different. By that time, I traveled through Germany and the neighbor countries for competitions week by week and won some international competitions, all that stuff. It was a fantastic time, definitely. Cool. I'm feeling really inadequate here, Andy. I don't know about you. <laughs> I can swim like four lengths. That's the same, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> I've got a badge on my swimming trunks that says I've right, I've swam 50 meters. Yeah, <laughs> impressive. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> wow. No, that's that's a crazy, interesting life you've, you've led, Stephen, already. I mean... What, what's your next goal? Anything? Do you plan on flying to the moon or Mars? Or... Oh, well, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, as you might have seen, my yeah, my way ended up a bit different. So I came to wedding photography and I'm not trying to change that um, in the next time. So how, how exactly do you go from being a state champion swimmer to a, a wedding photographer that's quite a, a a sort of like change of direction yeah i think it's a quite drastic uh, change of of life and um it happened when yeah i was about 16 years old um i loved to photograph before that i started i got my first camera when i was uh, like 14 years old and and i had this real school project um of photographing we have like projects projects class 
Um, and I decided to do photography. Never had uh, a camera in my hand, but I said, man, I like that teacher, so I go to him. And that's how I ended up with photography. So when I was 16 years old, one of my um, one of my team members, he was quite new, and I always trained with people who was much older uh, than me, was in the mid-twenties, and he was a wedding photographer. Ah, all right. That's it. And um, someday he said, well, do you want to join me uh, at a wedding? And the first answer I had was a straight no. No, I can't do that. I want this. <laughs> I don't like weddings. I've never been to one. That isn't completely not my cup of tea. I won't do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's very similar to a lot of people. I think... Um, when a lot, right. of, a lot of people starting out, they think that wedding photography might be a little bit like stiff and boring. Right, right, and, and obviously that's you, exactly what I thought. <laughs> well, then you, when you when you actually photograph one yourself, you you realise that you can actually you can be creative and you can photograph the wedding however you want in your own style, and that I guess that's what makes it so so exciting. Right, right. But 16-year-old uh, Stephen didn't do that. So it took <laughs> oh, me quite a long took me quite a long time to uh, well, to do the step and go with him. And I remember the evening after that wedding, I was like completely nuts. It was insane. I loved it. And this was the day that my dream of being a wedding photographer developed. It was the very first day, and then I said, I want to do this for a living as long as I could. Amazing. And since that day, I'm doing everything to go on with that dream. That's just like one of those <laughs> chances in life where, you know, something just happens and it's like an opportunity right. that if you didn't seize that opportunity at that moment, you know, that it, it might have passed by and you would never have become a wedding photographer. It's so, it's so weird to think. Right, right. And it, it, it's completely weird because that day changed my life forever. Yeah. And uh, I, I shot 15 weddings after that with him as a second shooter in that first year. When I was 17, I said, fuck it. Oh, sorry. No, that's okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. I said the word Scheiser in the intro. So, oh, we totally forgot. Ah, oh, see, this is because I'm not with it today. Um, <clears throat> we forgot to ask how my German singing was in the in the intro. Now, I we could have just left it because obviously it was perfect. Um, but do you want to give me some feedback? <laughs> oh, well, um, it was uh, quite interesting, if you ask me. Could you understand what I was saying? Because the, this is the thing, right? When, when I recorded it, yeah. I used Google Translate, and I was quite proud of myself for the fact that I'd, I'd managed to sing something in German. The, the original plan was to sing it all in German, but that was just not happening when I tried. Um, but then I, I played it to my wife, who's Dutch, and she says, <laughs> and she said, um, well, yeah, but, well, should, but, um, hold on. yes, but uh, did you listen to uh, somebody speaking it? You know, it's terrible Dutch accent. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even... like John Connor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she said, well, like, uh, you forget the grammar's not the same. Like, if it's anything like Dutch, they like, put the words different way, way around in a sentence and stuff. I think Dutch is quite similar to German. Yeah. And um, to be honest, I didn't understand a single word. <laughs> <laughs> No! <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to embarrass you at the moment. But Photograph and Halton S. Act? I mean, I heard it and I thought like, well, what <laughs> slant was that? <laughs> 
Oh no! Oh well, never mind. Maybe... I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. I had, I didn't really plan on making a career as a German speaker or or like singer. So I guess maybe maybe, maybe you should practice a bit more. I mean, German is quite hard language, and I completely understand this. Yeah, but it's a lot of practice. Even we uh, struggle once in a while uh, with the German grammar. Like I, I always struggle with that. And um, to to even uh, write it is much more complicated than just speaking it. And and I really know the struggles, and I I have them for myself as well. So my my ambition to be the next David Hasselhoff is possibly not going to happen after all. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe hey, you're doing quite good with wedding photography. Yeah, I'll stick with what I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, speaking of Germany, then um, you live in Hessen, is that right? That's right. Yeah, and that's a is that like a region or a state? Um, it's a it's a it's a state. Right. Um, it's um, you maybe know this for um, uh, the town of Frankfurt. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which uh, is quite big, and you you maybe don't know the town itself, but I think most of the people have been to this airport because it's one of the biggest in Europe. Uh, yeah, so I've every been, been to Frankfurt airport. Um, on the way to Budapest. Right, right. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to go out into Frankfurt because um, obviously I was just connecting. It's so funny because all the people I'm talking to from other countries are saying, yeah, we've been to this airport. Yeah. <laughs> You've never been to... I mean, I've been all over Germany, but Frankfurt is somewhere that I've never been. So I need to have a chat with you about that, Stephen, after the podcast because I was going to suggest that we do... We do a, a, a photographer, a wedding photography second shooter swap where I come over to Germany and help you at a wedding and then you come so over to just and, and I think that would be great fun and we'd both learn a lot. What do you think? That's so awesome. <laughs> I would definitely love to. And maybe um, getting you visit Frankfurt or yeah, having, just having a good time as well in Germany. No, it sounds amazing, and uh, after the podcast, I'll, I'll message you, and we'll get something sorted. We'll get something arranged. Um, that would be awesome. I think that would be brilliant and great fun, and we could we can maybe type up um, a review cool. of it That'd on the cool. uh, for the website, and just uh, I'm sure it'll interest a lot of people. So I'll look forward to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't wait to do it. Also, I would love to come to to UK. I've never been to the UK. Ah, right. Well, you'd be very welcome in Manchester. Um, and Andy lives up in the north, in the, in the very cold north in Durham. Yeah, if you don't Thank mind you. babies, then come to my house. But <laughs> otherwise, unless, <laughs> unless you want to change nappies and run after a three-year-old for like most of the afternoon, uh, Steve's is probably the more calm uh, area at the moment. Yeah, I have children, but they're a little bit older. So well, it'd be very well like... to stay in my house for a couple of days and, um, and we can photograph a wedding. I'll show you around. But I would love to to meet the baby because I feel like I have a special connection to this baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so um, we've we've had a look um, at some some interesting facts about Germany. I think Steve's going to ask you some questions, and we'll find out if these are true or not. Right. Okay. Right. Now this is stuff that we I personally have no idea whether any of this is true or not. So I will I will leave it to you, Stephen, to to enlighten us. Um, Number one, it's illegal to run out of fuel on the autobahn. Um, well, um, <laughs> that's a funny question. Um, <laughs> um, yes, it is. And that's the reason 
for those kilometer informations at every service station you're coming across on uh, the German autobahn. Ah. Um, we have to add like all 20 kilometers or something because that's a thing for us. But yeah, don't do it. Just don't do it. Trust me, don't do this. I guess it's quite dangerous compared to here where if you break down on the motorway, run out of petrol, you pull over to the side and everyone's going past at 70 mile an hour. But if you do it on the autobahn, right. you've got like cars going 140 kilometers an hour. Like, oh, it's so insane. It's so insane. Yeah. <laughs> All the people are driving so fast. Yeah. Um, no it's, speed limits there. On the, the right, auto. right. It it can be it can be one car with uh one hundred uh, with two hundred kilometers per hour on the left and two hundred twenty on the on the on the right side. It's, oh, wow. it's annoying. <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> um, <laughs> even okay. me, I'm not I'm not too fast driver. I mean, I might drive faster than uh, I would in the other countries, but. Um, yeah, it's we're annoyed by that as well, and so I feel like it's quite dangerous to just uh, drive to the side uh, when you're running without yeah. <laughs> uh, without fuel. And uh, so, so make yeah. sure you have petrol, a full tank of petrol, when you're on the autobahn. Right. Travel tip number one to Germany is is that. Okay, and we've heard about uh, a really mystical thing that's uh, in Germany as well. Steve, do you want to ask this one? Frankfurt's Henninger Tower is the highest beer reservoir in the world. A beer reservoir? What is a beer reservoir? Um, it's funny because I, I drove often by this tower when I'm in Frankfurt, but um, it doesn't exist anymore, first of all. Ah, oh. um, they wrecked it down in 2013. So I'm sorry if I destroyed your crazy dreams about <laughs> beer and all that stuff. German beer is the greatest, and um, I'm devastated now that there is there is no everyone saying that no <laughs> tower. What is a beer reservoir? Is it like a big water tower just full of beer? Um, not exactly quite that, but um, they stored huge. Um, what are you saying? A big lake of beer. Um, well, not that, but. <laughs> Um, it's not that spectacular at all, but um, they stored huge amounts of barley and malt in it. So it's not yeah, actual beer, it's sorry, the components sorry, to make sorry. beer. Really. <laughs> and they manufactured the beer um, at another place. Yeah. So, um, But nowadays they build another tower at that place and it reminds a, a lot um, to that old Henningen Tower. But now they're luxury apartments at that building. Yeah. See, Steve, imagine coming over to Frankfurt, a second sorry. shoot for you. I'm taking so off, sorry to destroy all your dreams. Taking off all his clothes <laughs> and running Baywatch style into this beer reservoir. <laughs> <laughs> like just a lake of beer. That would be me. <laughs> now, Andy, you say this is the last one that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask. But Andy, you say that Currywurst is the best thing ever. Yeah. True. Yeah, Stephen, is he right? Is a curry burst the best thing ever? I think he's right. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I always try to to hold on my diet because um, I want to be fit for my weddings, and I I always don't eat that fat stuff. But once in a while, I love the taste of it, yeah. and um, but yeah. it has to be a good one. It highly depends on where you order them because there's a wide range from terrible to fantastic. Trust me. Yeah. I experienced the best and the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we do this when we go to uh, when we're in Holland. Occasionally, we'll drive over the border to to Oldenburg, 
And awesome. as soon as we get there, straight out the car, straight to a curry worst uh, van. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's like a routine for us. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's cool. But it's never good enough Always having trouble focusing What is wrong with you? Sometimes you don't have a clue I don't know if we can carry on this way Let's not try and pretend You don't drive me around the bend Let's not try and pretend Cause you're a Sigma lens I wish we could just get along But it's always the same I wish you were more right than wrong But you're a basket case I wish I could just understand But I have no idea Do you even have a plan or just laughing my face <laughs> Sigma lens drive me around the bend. Sigma lens, Sigma lens, Sigma lens, you drive me around the bend. Sigma lens, Sigma lens, Sigma lens, drive me around the bend. Sigma lens, Sigma lens, Sigma lens, drive me around the bend. Drive me around the bend. Um, you've got a very strong documentary approach to your work. So sort of tell us who's been your biggest influence on your career so far. Um, well, I, you can might tell by my image that I don't like that post stuff. And it's, it's funny because I, I learned it different from my first year as a second shooter. But by that time, I always, I, I always was quite um, passive and I... I didn't interact too much with the people around me and the couple and everything. And when I decided to do all of this on my own, I, I didn't change quite that much. So um, I just stick with that, not setting up anything. Was there anybody in particular, was there any photographers in particular that, that influenced you or that you, you, you looked at their work and, and thought, I really admire that. I want to, I want to work in that way. 
Well, um, I always like those those people um, from field photographers, actually. Oh, yeah. When seven-year-old Germany discovered that fl- platform, it was a complete game changer. Mm-hmm. I looked at those images and I thought like, damn, those are so super weird, funny and emotional. And um, it's it's just insane. And like I said to me, I want to do this for myself. That's when I when I when I first said I want to do this, but um, you know you develop your your style and um, everything develops and everything changes. So I first learned to do it, but then create on my own. And yeah. I think that's the the best step you can do to to, to let you influence, but get that step further to just create stuff on your own, like developing new ideas. Just let yourself influence by the surrounding, by the wedding day, by all those little and or big stories around you on that wedding day. So yes, I had my influence. I still follow a ton of wedding photographers on mm-hmm. Facebook, on Instagram. Last time I looked, I had like uh, 800 photography friends. Uh, so it's still yeah. crazy. Well, in county, it can be, it can also, it can sometimes be too much. And um, like you've just said there, you, it's very important to to look at other people's work, but also to make right. sure that you develop your own style and that you're not right. copying all the time. Right. What, what I learned um, during the time is that there's a big difference between looking and like taking things from that away. I love to look what my friends do at the wedding, but um, it's it's completely uh, something different than doing it for myself. I I don't like copying, and I I wouldn't do it. I yeah. mean, the we thing, all took some inspiration from that, but uh, the, the thing yeah. is, if you go to a wedding as well, it's it's a different wedding to what they were shooting, and you can't sort of like just try and. Uh, take their blueprint and copy it and put it into this wedding because it's different wedding with different people and you have to adapt to that and become sort of aware of your surroundings and you know create something within that rather than just thinking I have to get this kind of shot because it doesn't happen like that right and I think that's what I love the most about wedding photography I guess because it's always something different and because the people are so different and you can't uh, like compare the last wedding to the wedding before and like all the all the weddings before I, they are all different and that's what I love I mean my biggest uh, influence are the people on that wedding day itself I think yeah that sounds great I think you, you, you're absolutely right everything's different as Andy said and even photographing at the same venue after you've you know, I, done, done that venue a right. few times can it, everything's still going to pan out differently. So I think that's the best the best way of looking at things. Right. I I mean I don't care about all those details about the location. I'm most of the time I don't even care about the weather. It's it's the people who matter. And, yeah. Um, that's what I've learned. Definitely. I think that's in, with documentary wedding photography. Absolutely. I think whatever the people are doing is and how they're they're behaving. Is, is what you're looking at and it, it doesn't really matter what the weather's like because people will still behave in an interesting way even if it rains even if it's sunny if it right. snows it doesn't matter really it's um 
it's all good fun to photograph. Right. I mean, it's our job to do the to do the best out of uh, the circumstances we're we're having at every wedding. Absolutely. No. Now, it's the time of the show now where we what we do is we like to find out something embarrassing that's happened to to our guests at a wedding. Um, so now, you're, Stephen, you're you're fairly new on the scene, but I'm guessing you have at least one embarrassing story to share with us from the weddings that you've photographed so far. Oh, yeah, I have one. And yeah. it's pretty embarrassing, I think. Well, before we um, go into that, we'll do the jingle, because we've all go, always got to have the jingle before the embarrassing right. story. It's tradition. Um, so um, here's the jingle. It went wrong, it went wrong. Something went very wrong. At a wedding went very wrong I thought it would be embarrassing But then I thought, oh poor me And then I thought it made a good story That I'm gonna tell you right now Here's my embarrassing story, oh Okay, great. So, um, okay, so we've had some good embarrassing stories already So um, let's hear your embarrassing stories, even. Ah, uh, well, I was locked in a toilet at a wedding party for about 30 minutes. Um, yes, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> yes. Another locked-in story. We're like, we're like brothers, you know. <laughs> sorry to say, sorry to say, it's not a copy. <laughs> it was a bit different. It was, it was not a church, yep. but a toilet, <laughs> which isn't better i think yeah <laughs> that's it's pretty get out yeah. what what happened did did, did did could you just not use the lock or i like as all people um i had to be at that wedding <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah. i went out to the toilets um with my camera and um when like it was a bit of a dead space during the reception i just quickly run to the toilets and I locked the cabin and when I was ready with everything um, it's still locked it was broken ah. uh, so I can't open the door anymore <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> they must have been like wow he is having the longest poo ever <laughs> I, I think the wedding couple, couple didn't notice it Okay, but it was so shocking for me <laughs> um and it was like i thought no way i can't be locked in a toilet i've never been in all my 20 years i've never been locked into a toilet but it has to be on the wedding day <laughs> oh, it was so annoying and so um i don't know why but no one came in for like 14 to 20 minutes oh, wow. and <laughs> I always there. thought like why why I, I hope that one person come into that and it didn't so suddenly the door opened and I thought like yes at least some person has to pee yeah on that. <laughs> I didn't know why <laughs> it took so long and trust me it's honestly and it's honestly the weirdest thing in the world when you tell a wedding guest, listen, I'm stuck in a toilet cabin. <laughs> <laughs> it, oh. So he tried to open it from the outside and nothing happened. So we desperately tried to open that, um, <laughs> that, uh, that door, but nothing happened. 
Wow. So how did you get out? Did you did you manage to break it down? Or luckily, I had a crazy idea, um, and I'm so happy that I'm a quite fit person. I mean, I I did that swimming thing for ten years, and I trained twenty uh, hours a week. So I'm. I would describe me and uh, myself as quite fit. So you swam so, through the toilets and out through the sewers and back up, yeah. <laughs> like but the I'm made, train spot. Yeah. <laughs> made up another idea. Okay. Because the cabin was locked, uh, it was closed at the bottom part, but um, the ceiling was quite high. Ah. And it was like, I don't know, like two meters or something. So I stepped on that um, on the toilet bowl and pushed myself up with my arms and climbed um, through out. that gap between the the, the highest part of that that um, the, the toilet through this gap between to the ceiling. Perfect. And before that, I had to say to the guest like, "Well, please." Um, Take my camera I, uh, and and all that stuff over um, the door and all. it was so annoying. <laughs> and at least you escaped. You got out. I got out. It took me like half an hour, but I got out. And uh, we had a good laugh with the wedding couple when I told them afterwards. <laughs> when I come up to them and said like, "Well, did you miss me?" <laughs> <laughs> because miss I was stuck part. in that toilet. <laughs> Oh, Do you know what I'm are the sure what are the chances though? Like, there's so many guests have gone in that toilet during the day and either just not locked the door or locked it and it's been fine. But the the one time where it jams is when when the photographer goes in and it's like suddenly missing. I <laughs> still don't know how that could happen and why that happened at all. Yeah, well, I'm just pleased someone else has been locked in somewhere on a wedding day. I feel I feel good about that. So your pin has made me feel better. <laughs> it didn't yeah. happen only to you, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, excellent. Right, it's it's no longer embarrassing stories that we're going to do on this this show. It's going to be I was locked in somewhere. So yeah, <laughs> I should do a Facebook group with yeah. <laughs> people who've been locked um, during a wedding day. Yeah, <laughs> oh, brilliant. It's do- we're having it, keeping it locked. That's the new right. group. <laughs> Stephen, take take us back to your first wedding, um, because even in the first year when you when you started being a wedding photographer, I mean, being so young, did you get guests questioning your ability due to your age, or or looking at you thinking he can't be any good? He's he's just a teenager. Well, fortunately, I um, always looked a bit older than I really am, and at that point. That was a good thing. In fact, um, I never had a guest ask me that. But in my first year alone, I struggled to tell my clients about my age. So some of them didn't really know how young I was. And um, it's weird because I feel like now it's one of my biggest strengths. Because, um, well, now uh, I write this openly all, um, on my website and I'm super comfortable about this. I mean, it's cool because I get much younger couples and they're more chilled, I think, than most of my colleagues do. And I think that's now one of my biggest advantages. And yeah, I love to be to be younger than everyone. Yeah, no, yeah. it's not a bad thing at all. Yeah, I'm, I wish I was 20 again. <laughs> Same here. 
Wow. Yeah. I guess as well, though, that maybe translates into your work as well. So it's quite fresh and it's, you know, I, I don't know, it's very striking as well because, you you know, you've got shots where it's, um, I don't know, there's a shot of a man kissing with too much tongue on the dance floor. We had that as our picture of the week because it was just like incredibly raw <laughs> and crazy. Um, wow. But then you I jump from that, you jump from that to like what looked like almost like a fine art painting of a, a child with a balloon. And in, in the foreground of that, there's a girl holding a dog's paw. Like I could see that in an art gallery being painted by some sort of like 17th century painter or something. It's, it's really incredible that you've got so much depth to your scene. Talk us through your process of how you sort of approach in scenes so we can get a bit of a, a fresh mind on things. Well, first of all, I shoot a lot at every wedding, really. Uh, I come from every wedding with at least six to 8,000 images. Right, wow. And I mean, there are a lot of ideas going on in my brain during that wedding day. Most of them are super bad, <laughs> but that's okay, more than okay, because that's the images that lead me direct to the cool ideas that I have. Yeah. I mean, I hate those people who want to tell you stuff like if you're shooting more than 800 images, 1,000 images at a wedding, you're a bad photographer or something like that. It's, it just isn't true. No. I, I mean, I do so many bad images, but after that, I take some really cool ones. And that's um, what I do at a wedding day, just following my heart and also not doing things that everyone would do. Um, I try to, to free myself from all this stuff and just keep myself to the one thing that I'm really interested in and in telling stories because that's my main goal. And, and um, I, I just love to do this and I don't like any rules for that. I mean, I, I just, I just do, I just do. And it's, because there are things like everyone is saying, like, you have to shoot at 1.4 or 1.8, but I don't. Yeah, that's become, like, and a real trend. Like, you have to shoot at f1.4 or you're not a very good photographer. But, like, it's, like, crazy. All the all stuff. I mean, most of the day I start shooting at f4, f5.6 and all that stuff. Mm. And because I learned that competition-wise, it's so much more interesting. You can combine different layers of an image. And, um, but that's just the te technical side because the abilities uh, you can have with that are so endless. And yeah, just doing what you feel is right is the most important thing. There are, isn't, for me, in wedding photography, isn't any magic or in, uh, in photojournalism. It's just about ideas that mm. you develop and maybe it's working. Nine out of ten times, it doesn't. But the one time it does, it might be a cool moment in a cool composition, in cool light, and that's everything I'm looking for. Yeah, so you're yeah. experimenting a lot then with with what you're doing. You know, you know, the, this thing about taking a load of bad shots. Like to a non-photographer, that might seem like, whoa, you take bad shots. But if you're only ever taking like good shots, you you're not experimenting. You're not trying new things because through that right. process, that's when you get the magic happening. You get the bad shots, but then suddenly that one where it all clicks together, that idea has been formulated into something real. Right, because um, I mean. That's the reason for, for shooting that much images, because I know that 90% of these, no one will ever see. And yep. that's so freeing for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, 
I have the ability to shoot um, a lot of bad work to get some really cool images. And that's what I like. And I mean, that's the coolest advantage about uh, digital photography, I guess. Yeah, what, you're not limited. You, you know, why, why sort of go into the mindset of only taking a set number of photos? And if you exceed that, then you've done something wrong. You know, the, there, there is an endless amount of photos you can take at a wedding day. And if you're just running and gunning and taking photos of any old rubbish, like obviously that's a problem. But if you're, you know, experimenting, you do six terrible shots through experimentation, right. even, even then turn around and go, yeah, actually, that's a bad idea. You know, there's no harm in that. Right, right. I mean, it's, it's not shoot and pray or something like that it's yeah. i develop ideas most of the time i mean sometimes it's luck but um other times it's just uh waiting like doing minor adjustments to get something really cool out of like a mediocre scene and um, developing ideas you have in your brain yeah, yeah. and that's keeping me inspired i guess cool that that, makes that, a lot of sense. That, that's that's a great insight Stephen. thank you i mean i totally agree with you on the um, when you were saying that shooting hundreds, thousands of photographs at a wedding doesn't, anybody who says that, that that makes you a bad photographer is is talking rubbish. Um, it's all about the end result, isn't it? And however, right. however you get there is a, just a process that, that is up to you. And if that means you take 8,000 photos to get the 500, 600 that you deliver, then so be it. It's it's um, it's a great insight. But, but thank you very much, Stephen, for taking time out of your busy photography and swimming schedule <laughs> um, and speaking to us on the podcast we're really excited to have you as a member and we can't wait to see the images that you share with us this year thank you for having me so much it's a it's a pleasure i mean to to be uh in your facebook group and being part of um the, the keep it real um website and all the stuff it's so amazing and um it's a real cool opportunity for me to to be here being the first non-english podcast guest and um yeah yeah i feel honored i'm feeling really honored we're very honored to have you so thank you very much uh, for joining us and yeah we'll uh, we'll do another podcast episode at some point in the near future when i'll probably sound even more tired than i do today waiting for my wife to give birth i probably shouldn't complain and i should get lots of sleep while i can still get it so uh, we'll have another episode at some point soon but thank you very much for joining us Stephen. thank Thanks. you so much thank you bye goodbye Thanks for listening to the podcast show. We hope that you did on top and go. Oh, halfway through the episode. We hope that you'll join us next time. That would be mighty fine. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.